Welcome to the Vintage Church Podcast. We hope to challenge and equip you to take your next step in your relationship with Jesus through these messages from our weekend worship gatherings. Well, good morning, church. You feeling good? Let me hear you give God some praise. You settle in this morning. We are glad that those of you who made it in the room are here, and would you help me welcome those who are watching online. Hello, everybody watching online. We are glad that you're here. Uh, Let us know where you're watching from as we continue to navigate the greatest year of all time. If you need that, you don't need a COVID test. You need some mental health therapy or something. Uh, But we, as Jasmine mentioned, man, we are getting close, and Uh, This year has been one of those years, but I'm grateful for God's provision through it all, that along the way that somehow we've managed to stay true to our why. And as we moved into this season that we walk through our mission once again, it could be really easy to feel the way a lot of us feel about everything right now. But I think in 2020, we have done just as good a job at inspiring people to live and love like Jesus as we ever have that we have found a way to operate on mission because for 12 years now, we've had a really simple goal. We've had one mission and whether it was the 12 of us in my little living room in our house in Greensboro or whether it was the 25 or 30 of us at Southern Guilford Middle School when we first started having Sunday gatherings, whether it was the maybe 75 of us that moved to Randleman High School in 2009 or the 300 or so of us that moved to Randman Middle School in 2012, or whether it's the 1,500 or whatever it is now that worship in what used to be Lowe's Foods. All along the way, we have never lost our why, and we never will. That not even a pandemic will move us off of it, because we exist to inspire people to live in love like Jesus. That was true day one, and it'll be true 30 years from now when some young buck has taken my job. That that's why this church exists. We are here to inspire people to live and love like Jesus. And so every year we do a series that we call Live Love so that we don't drift from that why, so that we don't slip into that just being a slogan and not really what we're about. And so we hope today when you walk away from this gathering, guess what our hope is? That you walk away inspired to live and love like Jesus. Because we believe in Jesus, God showed us everything. Come on that he died for us, but also his life is an example for us to live, that in Jesus, God looked at humanity and said, that's how you do it. This is how you do it. This is how you are supposed to live in this world. The intimacy that Jesus had with the Father and the way that he lived and the way that he loved, the way that he walked this planet was an example for us to follow. Come on, you with me, say amen. And so in order to do that, we've been walking through what we call our vision, our how. How we go about attempting to inspire people to live and love like Jesus. And this isn't going corral, this is more of a Ruth's Chris kind of situation. Because we don't have the, the buffet kind of church. There are four things that we hope to create. Four things that we try to do, believing deeply that if we can get people to engage in all four things, the result will be people living and loving like Jesus. And you see those four things on the screen. And all four matter. There's not a single piece of this vision that is more prior than, priority than any of the others. 
that all four matter. And that if you and I are gonna grow in our faith and deepen in our relationship with Jesus where we consistently live for him, then we have to engage in all four. All four matter. I hear people say all the time, well, I went to Venice Church for, for a couple months, didn't do nothing for me. That's because all you did was sit in that seat. And there are so many people, that's the limit of your church experience. You showed up for a few months, nothing really happened, and you wonder why. It's because if you don't engage in everything that the church provides as best that you can, if you don't step into every piece of the vision, you are, cut, you are selling yourself short of what God wants to do in your life. Because, see, we try to create an experience where we can gather in one space, not just under one roof, but in one of these seats or behind one of those screens and authentically worship God. And aren't you grateful for the most amazing team that leads us in worship every single weekend? That we authentically worship God and we lean into the truth of his word. And every weekend we provide authentic, powerful worship and a pastor stands on this platform with the hopes of bringing you a relevant biblical word because God's word does not return void. It is sharper than a double-edged sword. It is powerful and mighty to change even the hardest heart. But you have to go beyond that. And see, the reason why maybe that a lot of our culture is so spiritually shallow is we never move beyond that place. That our total church experience is just sitting in a row once a week. And even our spiritual lives don't encounter even more. The only scripture that a lot of people read is the ones on the screen on Sunday mornings in a building that they sit in periodically. But we believe that if you're going to be inspired to live in love like Jesus, you, you gotta move beyond the gathering if you're gonna grow. And that's why we not only provide an experience, but we also hope to create an atmosphere where anyone can build a lifelong, life-giving relationships that provide care and accountability. That at some point, if we're gonna grow in our faith, we gotta get out of rows and into circles. Come on. That so much of our spiritual journey is connected to relationship. Jesus modeled this for us. And if all we do is come in here, sit in these rows and hide and never get in a circle where we have to be transparent and vulnerable and honest about the temptations that we have and the struggles that we're going through, express what's hurting us and what's going on in our lives in a way that allows people in where we can be challenged and stretched and say amen if you got some good believing friends that push you and stretch you in your faith. Come on. Three of you, we need, we need more groups. But we also said last week that you gotta, there's more because you are never more like Jesus than when you're serving other people. And that's why I've been in church in order to inspire people to live in love like Jesus, we try to create an opportunity for you and me to discover and deploy our God-given gifts, serving the church and advancing his mission, that God has put something in you. And I don't care how, how big your sin resume is, I don't care how much baggage is in your closet, that God has put something in you. He has designed you, you have been handcrafted by God on purpose and with purpose and there's something he has created you to contribute to his church and if collectively we all do what God has put in us, then the church can do so many significant things in this world. You exist to have an eternal impact on this world. And the church is supposed to be the space where you're given that opportunity to serve in that way. But there's a fourth thing that we wanna do. If we're gonna really inspire people to live in love like Jesus, 
The fourth thing that we hope to create is a platform that allows you and me to get outside the walls of the church, meeting needs in the community and taking the gospel to the world. In other words, church, we can't stay here. That if we're going to be the church that Jesus has called us to be and the world needs us to be, we gotta get outside these walls. We can't satisfy, be satisfied and settle for just sitting in this room only knowing each other and only encouraging each other and not being the church, we gotta get out of this mindset of just come and see and start realizing that we're also called to go and be. I know it's cheesy, but it rhymes and it sounds good. That really, we, we have this come and see mentality. When God has said go and be, that every single week when we exit this building, my hope is that we release missionaries <laughs> into office buildings and neighborhoods and schools and restaurants and Walmart, praise Jesus, we need it there. Because when Jesus gave us this commission, do you remember like one of the first words in it? Go to Matthew 28, verse 19. Therefore, go. Go. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age that Jesus said, if you're going to accomplish this mission, you gotta go. Intentionally and consistently, you gotta go into that world that maybe at times you would rather avoid you gotta go and engage people that don't think and believe like you and maybe even look like you. You, you, you gotta go. Similar thing in Mark 16, verse 15. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. That the church is a sending agent. <laughs> That, yeah, we want this experience that we get to have in this gathering every weekend where we lift our hands, we worship God, and we hear a really good sermon every week. <laughs> and we want to get out of these rows and into a circle where we build relationships in a group that allows us to be stretched and have care and accountability. And, yeah, we want to lean into the opportunity that we get to serve the church and advance its mission. But we also have to engage in those opportunities, those platforms to go outside the walls of the church, meet needs in the community, and take the gospel to the world. I'm convinced that if we're ever going to eliminate poverty from our world, it won't be a government system, but it'll be with the church rising up to be who she's called to be. That we're looking for the wrong systems to solve the world's problems when those assignments have already been given to us who follow Jesus. That if people in our community are gonna go to bed every night warm and well-fed and loved, it'll be because we did our job. James, the brother of Jesus, wrote this amazing book that I have preached several times, and, and I love it. And look at what he says in chapter two, starting with verse 15. It says, suppose a brother or sister is without food or clothes, if one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, 
but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? That if you see somebody who is in need of something and you have the opportunity to provide for and meet that need and all you do is notice it and do nothing to solve it, what good is it to even be the church? It doesn't matter that you you have a bunch of Christian t-shirts if you're continuing to need the needs of your neighbors. I don't care how often your car has K-Love on it if you're ignoring the needs of your neighbors. Do you know that this church has got its name because of my journey through the book of Acts, right? We've established that if you've been around Vintage very long. Vintage representing the high quality of a pastime. In the book of Acts, it says that there was a season when the church did its job so well that it literally says there were no needy people among them. Can you imagine that? That there was a season when the church did its job so effectively, there were no needy people among them. I will never stop praying for and trying to fight for that day. That the physical needs of the people in this community, look at me, are our responsibility. It's the church's job to meet needs in its community. But it's also the church's job to take the gospel to the world. And we can never satisfy with giving people a sandwich and never introducing them to the Savior. It is not an either or, it is a both aim. Because if you if you fill their bellies but not give them what can fulfill their hearts, we haven't done our job. Are you with me, church? Come on, somebody online say amen at least, come on. If we leave, if we feed people, that's awesome. But if we only give them the substance that can feed their belly and not the savior that can fill their soul, then we have failed to be the church. And it's not an either or, it is a both and. And I happen to believe that a sandwich is a good start because it helps build trust and influence and, and, and gives us the opportunity to bridge it back to the Savior. Because Paul would remind us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. That yeah, we want to meet needs in the community, but we also want to tell people about Jesus because look at me, every person's greatest need will always be a spiritual one. If people die with full bellies but with empty souls, we didn't come here just to fill up people's bellies. We came up to fill up heaven. <laughs> we didn't even come to fill this room. I didn't come here to grow this church. I came here to build the kingdom of God, one person at a time, one box of food at a time, one conversation at a time, believing that God is in it. Come on, somebody, are you with me, church? Let me give God some praise just for what he's doing and what he wants to do through his church. And our approach to that is driven by what Jesus said in Acts chapter one. Go to Acts chapter one and look at verse eight because there's something that happens here in Jesus's words that I think the church often overlooks or maybe, maybe we're reading too much in it, I don't think so. But he says this in Acts chapter one, verse eight. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you 
and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And now right there, I think Jesus is saying a whole lot. You know, Jesus never says anything without intention. Jesus used every word very meticulously. And Jesus says, when, the, when you get the Holy Spirit, the thing that will empower you to be all that I need you to be, the result will be, you will be my witnesses. First in Jerusalem, then in all of Judea, then in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And right there, I think Jesus was giving us like a, pri a priority list for how we approach being on mission. That your first responsibility is Jerusalem, then Judea, then Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And so the way that we translate that, our first priority to meet needs and take the gospel starts in our own Jerusalem, our community. Our priority one for this church is this town, this county, this community. And it might, it might be weird, like, Matt, why do you have to say that? Because my whole life, I've watched people reach out to the world and reach over the hurting in their own neighborhoods. This will never make sense to me. How can we seek to feed starving children in Africa when they're starving children in Randleman? And I'm not saying we do one and the, and the we, we do both. We don't choose one or the other. It's not an either or, it is a both and. But my whole life, I've watched people reach over needs in their own community while reaching out to the world. And our first and foremost place that we have to serve is right here. Another thing is, I don't know how we reach out to our community while reaching over needs represented in our own family. That some of the most needy people, there are people that sit in this room and are connected to our church, who tonight are gonna have to make a decision, do my kids eat or do I eat? And so we do both. And that's why we do things like the Dollar Club. If you've never been here for that, where every so often we ask you guys to give above and beyond $1 more, just $1, and we take that collective $1 of the thousand or so people that worship with us and we use those resources to meet a need within our own family. You don't know how many power bills you've paid, how much rent you've paid, car payments, stuff that was necessary because people were going through hard times and their church family rallied around them to make sure they had what they needed. It's why we have a Serve the City team led by Jesse Green, who you're going to hear from in just a minute. And we do boxes because, believe it or not, there are people right now that can't afford laundry detergent or toothpaste or a fresh pair of socks. And so when we do these boxes where we ask you to put these essential items, if you think that's simple, then you've never been poor. That's why we do Thanksgiving meal initiatives where the Tuesday before Thanksgiving, people get to be reminded that there's a church in Randleman that hasn't forgotten them. First priority is our Jerusalem, our community. But that, we can't stop there. It's not, a, again, it's not an either or, it's a both and. We have to also move into our Judea and our Judea is like our, our state and our nation. That that's our next priority 
is to meet needs around our state, around our country. And we've discovered that the best way to meet the needs in other cities in our state and other cities in our country is to make sure they have healthy, thriving churches. And so that's why we, we have mothered and helped plant other churches all over the area. If we're gonna inspire people to live and love like Jesus in Newburn, if we're gonna make sure that people in Newburn have what they need, then why not help plant Union Point Church and support Pastor Aaron Golden, which is what we've done. That when Hurricane Florence hit the coast and Wilmington was struggling because we had helped partner with a church called Crosswinds, we were able to send, I think, like $18,000 to needy families in Wilmington in one weekend. (laughs) That right now, there's a group of people worshiping in a YMCA in Greenville, South Carolina, learning what it means to know and love Jesus because we helped partner with our friends Matt and Deborah Rhodes at Parkside Church in Greenville and they're already seeing amazing thing happens among that body. We gotta go. We gotta go. We gotta get outside the walls. And we also have to move into the world, our Samaria and ends of the earth, our world. And this is an area that we have not done nearly as well as we can and we will. That right now we actually have a new global initiatives team and global initiatives coordinator, Marshall Knight, who is working on our next global focus where we're going to continue to take the church outside the walls, meet needs in the community and take the gospel to the world. And like every other piece of our vision, it all is dependent on great leadership And this week, I got to sit down with another couple of leaders, Jesse Green, who serves as our Serve the City team leader, and Marshall Knight, our new global initiatives director. And so, listen in. You don't get to hear the entire conversation right now. It'll be on YouTube later, but I want you to hear the heart of these two ladies as they give legs to this portion of our vision. Take a look at the screens. Well, hello, ladies. Hi. Hi. Hey there. Thank y'all for uh, spending some time hanging out and just having a conversation with me. And we're going to let everybody else kind of listen in. You two are giving legs to a really important part of our vision. Every part's important. You know, I think that's one of the things we've always tried to operate is every piece really matters. But today we're moving into that platform piece of the vision where we want to provide a platform that allows people to get outside the walls of the church, meet needs, and take the gospel to the world and what you two do help us do that. So Jesse Green leads our Serve the City team, and Marshall Knight is actually giving leadership to now our global initiative. She's our global initiatives coordinator, which is something totally new this year, which is something that we really got off the ground with, then COVID hit. Oh man, it was rough. So, uh, <laughs> and so we're having to navigate all that, but The platform that we talk about, it's both local and global. But before we kind of dive into that, um, let's let people get to know you guys a little bit because, Jesse, you are born and raised right here in Randleman, right? Born and raised all my life. So you went to school here the whole nine yards? Graduated from Randleman High School. That's funny. Sure did, and I am very passionate. I love this community. Um, I'm excited to raise a family here. I'm proud to say that I'm from this community. And as much as you you spoke about us, I'm equally as excited to just be a part of 
this outreach and part of this ministry? You know, I was thinking as we were preparing to talk today, I remember when you and I first met, and I don't know if you remember. I do remember. We were doing something at Randleman High School for a young man named Timmy, and you were teaching, I mean, no, not the high school, yes, the middle school. middle school, right. And you were teaching there at that time, but you weren't coming to church here yet. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's a crazy God story all in and of itself. Um, I was a part of Victory Junction, here for a while and got some amazing experience there. Um, never wanted to teach middle school at all. And completely, I know without a doubt that God orchestrated those events in my life for Timmy Luck specifically. It's just another neat piece of the puzzle and yeah. my story a little bit. You and Rex and your family have been at Vintage for a while now. When did y'all start? Did, did y'all start coming when we were still at the high school? No, it was right after you'd moved to the middle school. Okay. Um, I was pregnant with Aubrielle. She's seven, so it's been at least more than seven years. Wow. That we've been coming. That's cool. It was yeah. great, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, it's cool to, for people to hear some of your story, because you grew up in this area, so you giving leadership to local community-based initiatives is really important. Um, and you have, ever since I've known you, you've had a heart for just ministry in general, but even like global initiatives is kind of in your DNA, just doing stuff internationally, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that was really, that was kind of what drew us to Vintage in the beginning really is, um, I did what you did. Um, I, so I grew up in the church, a very traditional church setting, like a lot of people do, and when I read through the book of Acts, what I saw there was not what I saw in my church. Mm -hmm. And I realized very early on that, that something was missing. For me, I was able to find that community when I engaged in missions activities. So international missions trips and being on those short-term missions teams really allowed me to experience that book of Acts type community. And so I've always had a passion for that. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I loved about Vintage really early on was that we did things like that initiative and where we partnered with schools. And I actually saw a church bringing the light into a place, uh, into a school building where, where the gospel hasn't been allowed mm. for a while. There's a lot of people that are new to our church. Unpack some of the things that we've done over the years, some of, the, some of those opportunities that Serve the City has provided. So one that's very relevant um, is our Thanksgiving meal initiative that we're currently um, in the middle of. Um, we've done Dollar Club, um, typically is done every other month, as well as a box initiative. And we've done different things such as um, a necessities box, providing the basic necessities, shampoo, soap, toothbrush, toothpaste, um, into schools. Um, and we've started more conversations um, for opportunities in the future, looking at um, a foster care box and partnering with um, different organizations to support the community in different ways as well. Yeah, and I think, you know, a lot of people don't realize that how those boxes open a door. You know, creating that bridge that helps meet a need, but also create an opportunity for us to build a relationship that helps us get into a position where we can introduce people to Jesus. The number of people that maybe they were introduced to our church because 
they got a box of food on Thanksgiving or they, they got a box of toiletry type items and now when they hit something in their life that's tough or difficult, we're on their radar and we're who they call and that opens a door for us to have spiritual conversations with people. And I don't think, I don't think we realize the value in that sometimes because I think people just think, oh, I'm just getting this box and I'm just giving somebody some necessities not realizing that that's opening a door and creating an opportunity for people to have spiritual conversations. And now from a global perspective, Marshall, you're stepping into something we've never had before. Because the way we've kind of always seen it is globally, if we can concentrate in an area for a while, we can see the greatest impact. We've always kind of operated as, all right, let's invest in a singular area for a designated kind of prayerful amount of time and let's make a big dent. And for years, that was Haiti. But then you and I had a conversation back in late winter before all this kind of happened. And I said, Marcel, we need leadership here. What was it about serving in this role that just said, yeah, like I wanna do that? So, um, so I'm super excited. I've never led an entire missions department before. I have led various missions teams um, so this is a new challenge for me, but uh, I'm definitely up for it. We've got some excellent people here at Vintage who have already partnered up with me in prayer and some decision making, and so that I've I've got a sounding board. You know, it's not just me with all my harebrained ideas. Yeah. Um, but man, yeah, I'm just so excited. Yeah. I, I was just gonna say that I am I'm excited for this opportunity for others within our church as well. Um, like I was saying before, my passion and desire for local missions really was birthed out of participating in global missions. Um, I've had the opportunity to to travel um, and not because I felt that call. You know, you hear I've never been called or I don't feel that calling and and I used to use those terms or say those things, but the Lord really just put me on a plane to Haiti two years ago, three years ago. And um, in those opportunities for serving in that way, I learned what it means to truly look at people mm. and to truly see people. And I think that that's so lost um, in our day-to-day -day activities and routines. And, and so I'm excited for for others to experience that because I think it, it directly impacts what local missions look like. Yeah, we always, as a church, are always trying to figure out how do we adapt initiatives locally and globally and where where's God leading us in this? And as much as maybe we wanna keep doing certain things or stay in certain areas, we really felt like, and especially in, in, in the uh, global area, I felt like God was shifting us and, and, and my heart will always be in Haiti. I know Jesse has a heart for Haiti and we will always do things in Haiti personally and that kind of thing. But you're right, we started praying about, all right, what's the best thing to get the most amount of people in our church connected to investing in global initiatives? And that led to the decision we made. We decided to partner with a really awesome couple, Jason and Krenza McFredericks, in the Czech Republic. And uh, that, came out, that decision came after a lot of prayer. Um, but we're super excited because I've never been to the Czech Republic. Um, yeah. 
And I think it's interesting to mention, you know, you talked about access and just as much as we want to be able to provide access to Jesus, we need to be able to, to get there. And that's um, one unfortunate um, challenge when we talk about Haiti yeah. is that it's not easy to get there. Yeah. Even when I'm hearing, as I hear you guys talk, the, the connection between these two ministries and the alignment, the symmetry. And, you know, so Jesse, as you think about the future of Serve the City, what's in your heart? Like, what do you hope comes out of what we do as with these, these initiatives evolve? My greatest hope is that it becomes very natural for the church body to live in love like Jesus, mm -hmm. to see a need and to act upon it and not wait for a group of people or a team. Um, and maybe it is a group of people or maybe it's you, you know, you call up your friends and say, hey, I noticed this or, I, uh, you know, I was made aware of this today. Let's figure out how we can support the situation or show love. Um, and overall, just awareness of, of having a better picture of truly what it looks like to live in love like Jesus, not just participating in, in events or, or filling a box, but having just that deeper understanding of God's love is so much greater and so, so much more rich than I feel like we give him credit for or that we even acknowledge a lot of times. And and so, really, I think being a part of local or global missions just allows more opportunity for God to mold your heart to be more in line of who he truly is and what love really means. Mm, that's good. I think, man, you guys have nailed it. Uh, when we started Vintage, I never wanted outreach and missions to become these stagnant, static, calendared, scheduled things that we would leverage what we provide collectively as a body to create and inspire people to want to live that in their daily lives. Thank you for your, your leadership, both of you. I think what's in the future because of what you two are doing is going to greatly shape our church and our community and our world in a lot of ways. Appreciate you both. I am as excited as I've ever been about what God has in store for this platform piece of our vision. That as we look to start a new initiative globally where we're going to be connecting with this partnership through the Czech Republic, it's gonna give families and people of all ages in our church an opportunity to minister there, and it's gonna be amazing. And with the Serve the City team and all the initiatives that we're doing locally, we are going to have the proper amount of balance of serving our community on like ever before. But my hope is that you understand these platforms are just a chance for you to flex a spiritual muscle that you should be using in your everyday life. That when we create a platform for you to go to the Czech Republic or serve that area in some way or deliver Thanksgiving meals, that we're just giving you a chance from time to time to do collectively what we should be doing individually all the time. See, I had a dream that we would be a church that 
look forward to those opportunities where together we get to serve. But we also understood that the church isn't the only platform. The entire world is a platform. That everywhere you go is a platform for you to meet a need and take the gospel to the world. Again, your, your school building students is a platform for you to meet a need and take the gospel to the world, your office, your home, your neighborhood. And that when we do these things collectively, there's something that stirs in our spirit. So the next time that we're in a position to do something, we're paying attention and we're meeting the needs of the people around us, not waiting for the church. If you're waiting for the church to give you an opportunity to be on mission, then you'll never be on mission because nothing will ever change in your heart. And so once again, I think it's ironic that this message falls on this week. Because on Tuesday night, once again, we're gonna send people out from this place to take Thanksgiving meals to families. In 2008, no, excuse me, 2009, we just started worshiping at Randleman High School. And we had this idea, what if we provided a full Thanksgiving dinner to families in this community? Kind of flip the script a little bit. We, we don't have a building. We don't have a way to cook a Thanksgiving meal and invite people. And you know what? Maybe the better thing is to give, every, give people what they need to sit around their own table and with dignity have a meal with their family and just look each other in the eyes and have a conversation and share a really good meal that they can't afford, but we can provide. And so we had eight families and me and a couple other guys took about 30 minutes to deliver those. Eight families from one school. Tuesday night, we will be feeding hundreds of families from nearly 30 schools across our community. And even as I'm standing here listening to them talk, I'm thinking about the first thing we ever did from this property. Y'all got time for me to tell you a story? First service didn't get this. Y'all get bonus material, you're welcome. We had prayed about this building for years. Finally got to the point where God had opened the door. And on the Tuesday before Thanksgiving, 2017, we signed the lease. And we announced to our church that that evening we would be delivering Thanksgiving meals and we asked everybody to meet us right here. Literally right here. This, there was a wall where these beams are and we gathered our entire church just about in this space. And we said, we're gonna send out Thanksgiving meals to hundreds of families. And by the way, we just signed a lease on this property and we're gonna be worshiping here sometime in early 2018. But I think it's very cool that the first thing that happened about right here was not me preaching a sermon, but sending our church out into the community to meet a need and take the gospel to the world. And on Tuesday, we get to do that again practice using this spiritual muscle that should be in all of us or meeting needs letting people know that even in COVID we are still here so you just take a minute and bow your heads and close your eyes and can, can, we, can we take this into a personal level when's the last time you slowed down enough to pay attention to the needs that are around you When's the last time you lived on mission without having to be told or asked? When's the last time you saw every place you stepped your foot as an opportunity to take the gospel 
into a space that it's needed. Because when we do that, we unleash revival in this world. When we start living on mission every moment of every day, seeing every place we are as an opportunity for us to declare the truth of Jesus Christ, things change. So Father, I pray that today's a turning point for us, that you are opening new doors in our lives collectively and individually to take the message of Jesus to the world. And Father, we pray that you would just use us to be a part of what you desire to do in this world like never before. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening to the Vintage Church Podcast. We hope that what you experience today inspires you to live and love like Jesus. Stay connected with what's happening at Vintage and grow deeper in your faith by downloading the Vintage Church app. Through this app, you have access to sermon notes, upcoming events, devotionals, additional podcasts, and opportunities to connect in community. You can easily download our app by going to app.vintagechurch.net. We hope you join us again soon.